0: The Pharisees and the Herodians today try to catch Jesus on the horns of a dilemma. Is it lawful to pay taxes or not? If he says yes, as the Herodians expect, he will anger the crowds. If he says no, as the Pharisees expect, he will anger Rome. Jesus escapes from this trap with The famous one-liner response, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Indeed, very clever response. More than that, it's more than clever, because he points out to the solution of the vexing problem that is presented here. The problem is with the question itself. They put God and Caesar at the same level, on equal standing, we should say, competing on the same arena. Caesar pretended, in fact, to be treated as a god in the Roman Empire. People had to offer sacrifices and incense to him. And the coin said the following. Not only had the the image of the Caesar Augustus, but it says, Tiberius Augustus Caesar son of the divine Augustus. And on the other side of the coin he said, supreme pontiff. If this is so, then yes, you have to choose. It is an either or dilemma. Caesar or God, pick your side. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, says Jesus. If he is a civil authority, let follow the law and, and pay your taxes. That's it. But give to God what belongs to God. The problem is that God and Caesar do not stand on equal grounds. Give to God the image that is his. And that is you. You are made in the image and likeness of God. You are the coin that he crafted with his own image. So you belong to the Lord. In the first reading, it's very clear. He say, Isaiah says twice. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there's no other God. There's no competition, really. And Jesus says, whenever you put God where he belongs, all other things start to fall in place, and, and, um, and things start to be in order. Now, I believe that this problem keeps appearing over and over again throughout history. Nowadays, some people think that Christianity is not good for society, that it's a threat to society, that take away what society needs, really. And if it's dangerous, we have to do away with it. Some regard it as extremist and intolerant, biased, old and done away medieval philosophy that we should get rid of, basically. Well, when God is God, then that affects the order of the world as well, but not in a competing fashion as I say. In fact, God never competes with us, and if He does, believing in God, being a Christian is favorable. To society. It's, it's, a, it's an asset to society. Serving God is not detrimental, but beneficial for society. And this seems abstract, but it is not. Because if it is not, if it's a threat, we should be persecuted. And rightly so, because we're a threat. But I'm saying not only that we're not a threat, that we're you know, innocent. But that Christianity brings something good to society that was not there before. In fact, the transformation of the Roman Empire experienced that. They believed in the beginning, and that's why they persecuted the Christians, that they were bad people, that they were a threat to the empire. But over time, they realized that it was not the case. There's a famous letter um, from... From Mathesis to a certain guy named um, I forgot the name. Diognetus, and it says the following He describes the way of living of the Christians. This is an part of it, inhabiting Greek as well as barbarian cities, according as the lot of each of them has determined and following the customs of the natives in respect to clothing, food, and the rest of their ordinary conduct, they display to us their wonderful and confessedly striking method of life. They dwell in their own countries, but simply as sojourners. As citizens, they share in all things with others, and yet endure all things as if foreigners. Every foreign land is to them as their native country, and every land of their birth as a land of strangers. They marry, as do all others. They beget children, but they do not destroy their offspring. They have a common table, but not a common bed. They are in the flesh, but they do not live after the flesh. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens heaven. Today the world needs again to hear that Christianity is not a threat but a blessing, a blessing really, and that is proven in history many times. There were hospitals with the Greeks um, as early as the Greeks, but only in the fourth century it was created the first civilian hospital. And it was not until the Christian period that that came about, just to put one example. And it took place with the founding of the first Christian hospital in Eastern Byzantine Empire by Basil the Great, and that is Saint Basil Bishop. He was the first one. And then he expanded uh, throughout Europe and from the fifth to the 15th century It changed and took different forms. But only in the modern era, uh, care and healing would transition, transition into the secular hands. Same thing with education. Education is old as dust. China had a system of education. The Greeks educated their people. But education was something for the elite, for those who could afford it, not for everybody, until Joseph Calasanz, who was a priest in the, at the uh, 1500s in Spain, founded the pious schools, providing free education to the sons of the poor. And that was a revolution in the time, a great revolution, a radical break with the class privileges of that time. Now we take it for granted. Everybody has to have education, not so way back then. And after him, many others, like St. John Baptiste LaSalle, we have the Christian uh, schools, the LaSalle brothers. We offered, or we promoted, (laughs) many Christians promoted the scientific method, which now they say say that we are against science. On the contrary, we're pro-science. The forerunner of modern science, many say, is Roger Bacon. He was a Franciscan friar living in the 13th century. Emphasized the study of natural phenomena through observation, hypotheses, experimentation, and independent verification. He studied mathematics, astronomy, optics, languages. He even hypothesized about the use of flying machines. In the 13th century. And after her, him, many others. George Lemaitre, another, a priest, an astronomer, and physicist, he was the one who formulated the Big Bang Theory. Sister Mary Kenneth Keller was a pioneer in computer sciences. George Mendel, the father of genetics, another priest. And I could go on forever. But I want to say is Christianity has a lot of things to offer to this world, a lot of things, and it is our task to transform reality according to the values of the kingdom of God. It might seem little what we have to offer to the world, but it is not. Many have called the Church the hope of the world. We bring to the public sphere the rich tradition of rational and supernatural morality. We bring the fight for the common good of society. We should fight also against unjust laws and systems, and defend the dignity of human life. We should pray for our leaders as well. When we let God outside the public arena, we are not doing good, not only to God, but to society. We impoverish society not only because we do not give them the gospel. That's a great poverty. Of course that, but also what we have to offer, all the values that the gospel brings with So we are called to transform society in many different ways. And we, we have to, to step up to the plate in the workplaces, We are to do that not only because we get paid, but with a higher expectation because we're serving not men, but God. That should trigger in us to do things better, not worse. To God the best and the greater, said the ancients. We have a greater incentive, not only the paycheck, but the recognition, not only of our colleges or, 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 or peers, The recognition of God Himself. Our faith should make us better workers with higher work ethics, with a true desire to serve in whatever we're doing. And the same applies for students and the way we study. In our families, our families should be lights, beacons of light on this world where everything's divided, people are more and more isolated. They feel alone and uncomprehended, unlistened. We should be having families where people can draw near, not just for the sake of the family, but as a light that shines in the darkness. And last, I cannot but say it, the elephant in the room, the way we vote. I speak as a non-American here. <laughs> I cannot vote in this country. But I love America, I truly do, and I worry about America. So I invite you first and foremost to vote with the mind of Christ, with, with, the, with His criteria. I don't know if you've read it or if you're even aware, but the USCCB put out a document, it's called Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. And I encourage you to read it, at least skim through it, because it's kind of lengthy, but it's really good. And it lays down the foundation of our teachings when it comes to social matters. It gives us some guidelines on not exactly, it doesn't say how, uh, whom to vote. And it's true that we are not and we shouldn't be single issue voters. We should pay attention to the totality of all the many things that are problematic. But also, we should know that not only issues are equal. The document says very clearly that life is primary. In the introduction, it says the following. The threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it directly attacks life itself, because it takes place within the sanctuary of the family, and because of the number of lives destroyed. At the same time, we cannot dismiss or ignore other serious threats to human life and dignity, such as racism, the environmental crisis, poverty, and the death penalty, and many other topics that come into place as well. But make sure to put your faith in God and not in any particular party that will not save us, because they are not God. (laughs) Do not put all your trust on them. Trust in Christ and put him first. Pay your tax. But you belong to God. We all do. We don't need new policies only. We need new hearts. that's why we need the gospel. The transformation of society begins when hearts are transformed. We can have so many laws that if our hearts are not transformed, no one will keep. So we need to pray and repent and ask God to reign over us and the country we live in and step up to the plate because we are the light of the world.